When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Greg Bedard Patriots podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. He's Greg, I'm Nick. Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles as the big voice tells you each and every time we do one of these episodes. In this episode, yeah. as is usually the case as well, yeah, dang way. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. All right, let's get to the uh, let's get to the headlines here, Greg Bedard. Uh, quarterback situation seems like the status quo from earlier in the week. Everyone knows that it's going to be zappy. At least that's how we feel. But Belichick won't say that. Let me first ask you, why is Belichick not officially announcing a starter and saying Zappy's the guy? Because he's chicken bleep. That's why. Hey, hey man. Look, it, <laughs> I, look, I'll do respect to Bill Belichick. Um, there's a reason why he answers every question the way that he does, including about this quarterback decision. And it's obvious to everybody from everybody you talk to within the team Zappy's getting um, basically all the first team reps. Malik Cunningham is number two. Mac Jones is running the scout team. Um, seems like this is at least the start of, you know, who, how long, who knows how long it lasts, where um, I think they're just finally, after we've been talking about this, I don't know, for a month, six weeks, where they are going to give Mac Jones the opportunity to sort of just reset, dial back, you know, sort of take a mental health break, which is what he has needed for a very long time. For whatever reason, whatever reasons you think of it, that's just where he is at the bottom line. And if Bill was to come out and he, and he would say, yeah, we're going to go with um, Bailey this week and just answer it, you know, like a normal human being, the next plethora of follow-up questions would be, Bill, how did it get this bad with Mac Jones? How did we go from where he was as a rookie, second in offensive rookie of the year yep. uh, voting to now a point where that player can't play in the National Football League? How did it get here? And he would have to, you know, if he entertained it, if he wanted to answer those questions, I mean, they they would just start. It would be a how did it get here? You know, going back at all his answers, you know, did do you think you did the right things? Is how much of this is your fault? You know, and like it would be easy. A normal human being, a normal head coach who is responsible for everything football related with his franchise would come out and tell you the decision and just right off the bat, just, you know, take it head on and say, you know, look, this is not what anybody wanted. Um, obviously, I am in charge here. Every decision is mine. Um it's safe to say at this point that we made multiple errors. Yes, you know, Mac Jones has some ownership in this as well. Um, I'm sure he'd be the first one to tell you that. But 
you know, for my purposes and for my role, this is my responsibility. And um, he's a he's a player that has done everything that we've asked, you know, just about. Bill might quibble with that and, and might, might let on. But this is a player that has done everything we've asked. His work ethic is unchallenged. Um, came here as a smart player, was pretty good his rookie year. Um, looked at, worked his butt off in the offseason before his second season, and then it has completely fallen off since then. As the coach, as the director of all things football, the New England Patriots, that failure falls on me. That is my responsibility. That's what you would get with, with real leadership, with a real human head coach. But Bill Belichick is not going to do that. He is not going to take responsibility for – the failure of Mac Jones, the failure of this football team, the failure of likely, you know, his own job at the end of the day. I'm sure privately and, you know, you can sort of infer from if you go and listen to Mike Lombardi's podcast the last two times, he's basically savaged Mac Jones. And yep. basically, I think that I think that he echoes a lot of what Bill believes, which is basically this is Mac Jones's fault. If Mac yep. Jones was better last year, if he took the coaching better last year, if he was better this year, we would be in a lot better shape and we would be in the playoff rate. But but because he failed, because he couldn't take care of the ball, the simplest thing that we asked the quarterback to do, we are two and nine and we're talking about the end of my tenure. And, uh, you know, so that's where I think it's at. Straight up scapegoating. You know, that's that's what it is with the Mac Jones thing at this point. And he can Belichick can have his friends in the media say these things. That's fine. But it's it really has come down to that, that the the easiest way for Bill to deflect everything is the quarterback situation. And, you know, if we didn't have a broken quarterback, then we would be better. And all of that stuff. I think other questions you mentioned as far as Bill not wanting to answer the Mac questions. I also think part of this is that Belichick doesn't want to answer the Bailey Zappi questions as far as, you know, if he names him the starter, Bill, why did yep. you release this guy before the season kicked off? What, Good point. What happened with the idea of you not needing him back in September, but now he's the guy you go to? You could also bring up questions about Malik Cunningham. You just released that guy four to six weeks ago, Bill. You you just, you know, you threw Malik Cunningham into that Raiders game and then you released him and now he's what your number two quarterback. He's taking number two quarterback snaps. So all of the other questions about that quarterback room too, I think Bill wants to stay away from because he knows it's been bad and it's just the big picture. Greg 30,000 feet is just the utter lack of accountability. And we've talked mm -hmm. about it before. I don't want to repeat it again over and over and over, but it's this lack of accountability from not only your head coach, but also your GM in that dual role, Belichick, not, having the accountability to step up there and say, we didn't trade anybody because of this. This is how we felt about the trading deadline. This is how it actually works, the communication between all of us. Yes, I actually do have the final say. When he's asked about Mac Jones on EEI, he talks about how he was collectively drafted. These are all ways to dodge, deflect, duck. That, that, that's what it is. That, that, he doesn't want to take accountability. He doesn't want to stand up there and say, I screwed this up. I did this wrong. This is why we're doing things. And he's able to toggle between head coach and GM whenever he wants, which is very convenient. He can, when he's asked about GM questions, um, I'm just focused on the Chargers. 
when when he's asked about you know the Chargers or he's asked about a quarterback call, he can dance around that. It's it's just whatever. Uh, what's this mean for Mac Jones? Great question, Nick. Um, I think in the near term, I think at this point you basically take it week to week. Um, I would say he he at least sits through. So they have the Thursday night game next week against the Steelers. I think he, if I were them, I would give him a mental health break um, through that game. And then when they come back, maybe reassess, see where Bailey's at, see where Malik is at, see where Mac Jones is at. Um, Possibly you you, uh, entertain putting Mac back out there um, after that. Again, I'm not saying that's what they should do. This is way down the road, a one step at a time. But I think, um, you know, in general, big picture, as far as his future here in New England, I'd say it's pretty much over at, at this point. I mean, it. You know, let's just let's just play this out. That um, you know, Bailey plays good enough, and I expect Bailey uh, to play decent down the stretch. The Patriots are competitive. Um, I'm sure there will be a lot of uh, they just should have done this from the beginning, that sort of thing. We'll see. But as far as next season and Mac Jones, let's play this out. You know, Bill Belichick is gone, um, as we all figure is the case at this point. It's Gerard Mayo and Billy O'Brien, a new personnel chief in my mind. Um, I think they will reassess at that point. Um, You know, it depends on where they get the quarterback. Um, I think if if they get one high in the draft by trading up or wherever they are, um, you know, if they do that, I could see Mac Jones being traded draft day, maybe the second day of the draft for a second day pick. Uh, Hopefully the San Francisco 49ers for Mac's sake, sort of Darnold's on a one year deal there. We know how Kyle Shanahan feels about Mac Jones. That would be great for him. Um, He needs a fresh start. Uh, if they go, say, quarterback in the second round, I still think the odds are good that Mac is gone. Um, and then they just look for veteran du jour to bring in. Um, perhaps they draft two quarterbacks next year, you know, maybe a quarterback late, a Brock Purdy type guy. Or, you know, if depending on Bailey Zappi, maybe Bailey Zappi's back. So I could see rookie quarterback Bailey Zappi, veteran du jour here next year. But I say that chances are strong no matter what happens that that Mac Jones is done in New England. And my hope is he lands in a really good situation, either uh, San Francisco, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota, I think would be a good spot for him. Um, you know, somebody who knows how to take care of the quarterback and teach the quarterback. And uh, so that's what I think it means for Mac. What's it mean for Zappy? Well, this is his chance. This is his chance to have, uh, you know, a 10-year NFL career. I think he has a chance, um, you know, just to to illustrate, you know, how screwed up the entire quarterback situation has been with the New England Patriots. I think you and I were both in the same spot with Zappi last year where, you know, going in, I wasn't overly impressed with him. I never entertained cutting him, but, you know, okay, we'll we'll see what happens. But I think, you know, in his spot starts – um, and playing time, you know, he had risen to the place for me. I won't speak for you, Nick, where I thought that, you know, he had proven, okay, you got a competent backup NFL quarterback. And that's, that's yeah. a good place to start for this team. Of course, it got to the point, and that's a whole nother rehash 
of he's not even that in their eyes. I mean, like you said, cut at the end of camp. He had a terrible training camp. He was put on the practice squad, wasn't even put on the initial 53. Um, and uh, never got a chance when it was obvious that the starting quarterback was uh, was struggling. When he did get a chance, he was awful. I mean, I don't know if anybody's checked his stats, but his completion percentage is like 43%. When he entered the game last week, it was basically like they put a uh, non-quarterback at the quarterback position in terms of what they allowed him to do. I would, you know, hopefully they... Hopefully they give him – I expect them – Chargers defense is not very good. I expect them to give him a little bit more to do. But from what we've seen, I'm a big believer in uh, how the coaches use a player tells you a lot about the player. Yeah. And what Billy O'Brien has done with Zappi so far, he doesn't think he's very good at all and is protecting him a lot. We'll see if that continues. Maybe it changes with a whole week of practice. Uh, we'll have to see. But there's no doubt this is his shot to – Stick around here next year. I don't think he's any. I still don't think he's anything more than a backup quarterback. Uh, but we'll see. You know, he's going to get an extended viewing here. If people are going to throw some revisionist history at us, if Zappy plays okay the next couple of weeks, I just look at this as necessity versus a desire. Bill mm-hmm. Belichick's desire, the Patriots' desire, was not to start Bailey Zappy. This is a necessity. It, there's no other option, folks. Mac is broken. Zappy should have started last week against the Giants. There's nobody else to go to because of how bad this quarterback room has been. The quarterback shuffle with, you know, Corral, Ian Book, McSorley, Cunningham, Greer. They should never be in this spot. But they have to start Zappy, not because they love the idea or they want to, because they have to at this point. It's 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 an indictment on the quarterback room instead of a feather in the cap of Bailey Zappi. And the Chargers matchup, this is a good opportunity for him. Chargers defense isn't very good. And he's had the full week of reps. So if he wants to if he wants his chance, he's got it this Sunday. With that said, I noticed a note that you sent today, Greg, to me. And I, I actually haven't talked about this on my podcast, the Nick Cattle Show, but I was thinking this watching Zappi through the week. Everybody's kind of painting him as like, oh, look how confident he is. Look how cocksure he is. I I wasn't really in love with it. Um, I I didn't necessarily, you know, love the way he handled some things in the locker room this week. And And I gather reading your note to me, you kind of felt the same way. Yeah. Now, look, I understand. Um, this is a big moment for Bailey Zappi. This is something that he has wanted. Um, so I understand if internally he's excited about this opportunity, totally natural. And, and I'm sure some people out there will take this as Bedard, you just hate Zappy. Okay. That's not what it is. I have nothing against Bailey Zappy. I just, just like every other player, I've graded him, whether it's on the practice field or on the game field, what I see. And, um, you know, so I, I just want to make that clear. This isn't about Bailey Zappy. And I understand why he's excited about this opportunity. He probably thinks that it's long overdue. I understand all that. Those are human emotions. I understand. But for Bailey Zappi to come in from the first practice when he's getting all the reps and Mac is on third team and him to have a big smile on his face and somebody said, good practice, great practice. And then when he gets in front of the cameras to have this huge grin on his face and 
and all that. I, I'm sorry, I don't like it. I think it's I think it's in poor taste. I think it's it's uh, to me it's extremely selfish. He has to realize, and I again I understand the underlying emotions for Bailey Zappi, but you're the right. quarterback of the team, and what he needs to understand. He needs to be a lot more humble because this is a this is a two and nine football team that he is now quarterbacking. OK, this is not nine and two. This is not the good times are rolling in New England and around <laughs> one Patriot place yeah. like this is crappy. You just got pulled off Monday Night Football, which we'll talk about in a second. And number two, Bailey Zappi did not earn this opportunity. This is not something that he is getting because he practiced lights out. Or when he got into the games, he was lights out and and showed that he was the better quarterback. He is getting this opportunity because of injury, a brain injury, basically to Mac Jones, that he is mentally broken at this point. Um, you know, this is a guy that he shares the quarterback room. Obviously, we know that there's no love lost between these two. Yeah, um, we've seen this over the course of their career, and you know, for Bailey Zappi to basically be happy because Mac Jones has failed, because the team has failed. I'm sorry, it rubs me the wrong way. It is extremely selfish, and I don't like it very much at all. It's a victory lap. So mm-hmm. he's, he's waiting to call out for the duck boats because he's starting this game on Sunday. You're 2-9, and nine, man. Like, let's, let's just keep this to a common sense level. After that Colts game in Germany, pretty much all of us said, you got to start Zappy the next game. And they still did not want to start you, Bailey. So mm-hmm. now if he proves people wrong and they, they win some games and then later on in a few weeks, he wants to, you know, be a little bit cheery and, and have the victory lap. OK, but I, I don't think it's necessary at this time. And I go back to and this is why you guys want to check out Boston Sports Journal. Mike Giardi had a report going back a couple weeks ago, and, and I covered this on my solo podcast because the line stood out to me. He talked about Zappy on the field and how he, he wasn't good enough. To, to take the spot from Mac. But within that story, Giardi also mentioned Zappi's attitude and how Zappi has rubbed some people the wrong way in that building. And I just thought of that when I saw the victory lap from Zappi this week with the media where, oh, he, he kind of doesn't think that his poop stinks. He, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't understand and, and acknowledge that he was cut a couple of months ago. That could be the attitude stuff that Giardi's reporting on. I, I don't know, but I take Giardi's story and I look at what Zappi, how he handled himself this week, and you could feel this air of like, I'm the best. Everybody make way for me. It's my time to start. That could rub people the wrong way. And if people are thinking, oh, you're being so unfair to Bailey Zappi, if you saying that to us, we're killing Mac Jones for every single solitary body language thing, everything that Mac has said, the Alabama yep. Mac stuff during the offseason. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. It, it, the, you know, Mac Jones has been raked over the coals, over everything he has said, everything that he has done, the way that he looks on the bench, his breathing technique on the bench, everything. So this is what happens when you're the quarterback. You look at it and you question some stuff. Patriots flexed out of Monday Night Football. Uh, embarrassing, Greg, for the Crafts? So freaking embarrassing. This is the worst of the worst. I mean, you know, you're talking holiday season, December football, the uh, two-time Super Bowl and defending champion uh, Kansas City Chiefs coming in here with Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the league, Travis Kelsey, 
the best tight end in the league. Taylor Swift off her tour, probably in the house. You have the the possibility of all the the Swifties tuning in on Monday Night Football, and they yep. take you off. Like I, I I heard Felger say this with Curran last night, and I totally agree with this. This franchise has now come full circle. This is a franchise that was banned from Monday Night Football for years because of some of the antics at old, uh, you know, Schaefer Stadium, Sullivan Stadium. And now they're to be the first team ever. And this is the first year, but still the first team ever to be flexed out of Monday Night Football where, you know, I, I think it's I can't believe they're allowed to do this, that they could get to change a game a whole a whole day. Like, you know, <laughs> what if you're Chiefs fans who booked in? Yeah, oh, I'm going to get in Sunday night and then go to the game on Monday. Well, crap out of luck because it's 1 p.m. game now, um, you know, to for that to happen, um, if. If the crafts weren't weren't sold on moving on from Bill Belichick, this is sort of like the icing on the cake. This is just indicative of where this franchise has fallen. People are saying, well, it's a favorite of the Patriots. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> it's it's not about the why, it's about the what. The, the what is that they were flexed out of Monday Night Football against the premier name in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. He, even if it's a favor, it means that the NFL gave you pity. They pitied you so much that they were like, okay, Robert, we'll, we'll get you off on Monday night because, yeah, you guys suck. And it, it was a it was a double nut punch last night because right after the, the flex announcement, I'm watching Thursday Night Football, and I, I actually posted this at Nick C Radio. If you want to follow me, all of you follow Greg by now, at Nick, C, at Nick C Radio on X or Twitter or whatever we call it. Right after this announcement of the flex, we got the Thursday night graphic of Bill Belichick and TJ Watt. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they can't even put a player up there. They can't even put a, a Patriots player up there because there's nobody to put up there to entice you to watch the game. It's, it's the matchup of Bill Belichick versus TJ Watt. That's what they're promoting. A double, a double nut kick last night for Robert Kraft. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I love the app. I use it all the time, all over the place. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, again, check out BSJ. I, I told you why just a few minutes ago with the Mike Giardi report. Mike and, and, and Greg do some great stuff. And, of course, you got Corrales and the Celtics. All, everything happening at BSJ, 50 bucks for the year. And, uh, Greg, part of the whole BSJ thing is that you do a, a member chat every Friday. 
and we've got just a, a bunch of questions. Try to, you know, flip through these as quickly as possible here with yep. me before we get to our pick for the Chargers. Uh, first one from Bill D fifteen thirty. Are there any quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, or wide receivers on the current roster worth retaining beyond the current season? Um. Okay, let's start quarterback position. Um, Bailey Zappi has a chance to be a backup. Malik Cunningham has a chance to be um, a third string quarterback. You know, I would like to see after the season and what's gone on, depending on what happens in the draft um, and their evaluation him as a wide receiver. It's been tough for us um, to do that. They know better because they've seen him in practice. Um, you know, I, I would be willing to give Malik Cunningham a, a shot to develop as a as a quarterback this offseason. Um, running back. Stevenson, um, I would have traded Ezekiel Elliott, tried to get something for him. I thought that was that would have been really smart on the deal that he was on. Um, I'm sure they would have loved to have him back in Dallas. I mean, I like Zeke. I think he's done really well. I don't think there's a real place on him for uh, on this team for a rebuilding team. Um, do they have anybody beyond that on uh, running back? Um, oh, they have Jamichael Hasty now. On, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, tight ends. I, like I've said before, I would franchise Hunter Henry, um, because that, that franchise number is fine. You don't have anybody at tight end because you didn't draft anybody. There's nobody, everybody's a free agent at the position. And I would bring back Farrell Brown because he's a good number two, you know, blocking tight end. So I would bring those two back again. I would, they got to draft the tight end, develop. Somebody, maybe more, somebody with a little bit more quickness down the field. As far as wide receiver, of course, Demario Douglas. Uh, Kayshawn Booty, I'm bringing back as long as he's uh, been a professional behind the scenes, which as far as I know, he has. Everybody else can go. Taquan Thornton can go. Devontae Parker can go. Juju Smith-Schuster can go. Um, that probably won't be the case. I mean, maybe Juju, maybe Juju just needs a knee surgery in the offseason. Um Another one, and he might be better. I don't know, but I'm not counting on him. But I would, I would blow that whole room out and start Did over. You Bourne? New court, new. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about Bourne. Well, I mean, he's coming back from ACL, so I doubt that he has much of a market. I would love to have KB back. Yeah. Um, do, does he? Is he going to want to be back? Um, I don't know. Could other teams want him? Probably. Um, so, yeah, I would love to have KB back, but tough injury to come back from. Emily, 224, Patriots still considered a premium destination for a head coach and or GM. Yes, I think so. I mean, because, you know, when when you look at th- those situations as a head coach and GM, the number one thing you look at, the, the number one thing you can't change about an organization if you come in is the owner. The owner is always going to be there. Um, I think – Robert Kraft is looked at very favorably around the league. I think he empowers his people. I mean, look what he just did with Bill Belichick. He basically turned everything over to Bill and let Bill do whatever he wanted to. And, um, you know, for good and bad. And so, um, yes, I th- I still think it's a, it's a top-tier uh, destination in this league. If Belichick is sacked, this is from uh, Bruce Wadman. If Belichick is sacked after the season, what are the chances he just retires? Zero. I think he's uh, he's not going to go out like this. He is going to uh, as long as there are opportunities out there for him. And I think there will be. um, 
I think this is what he does. This is what he's done for 50 years. And remember, this this coming year is going to be his 50th in the NFL and 25th as a head coach. Kind of really good, uh, you know, round numbers. And uh, maybe he just, you know, I'm sure he's looking for an opportunity where he can win right away, get that Super Bowl title to sort of match Brady. And then maybe he thinks about stepping aside or moving upstairs. Uh, but I think the chances are very slim. I don't like to say zero, so 0.5% that he retires. I just think this is what he does. This is who he is. He doesn't have a family really to go to, you know, no wife like that. He's going to go, what's he going to do? Go play golf in Jupiter? Uh, I I think he's going to continue coaching. And there will be opportunities for him. Don't get it twisted. Adam Schefter said on the Pat McAfee show that there could be as many as seven to 10 head coach openings this offseason. And look, Ben Johnson's a name. Bobby Slowick is a name. We can go through all the names. Jim Harbaugh has been linked with Chicago this week. But there are not seven to ten head coaching prospects that are above Bill Belichick. Somebody, no matter what he's done the last couple of years, somebody in the NFL is going to look at him and say, yeah, I'd rather have Bill than a first-time head coach. So he will have a market. Uh, Here's another question. This is from uh, Dave E.B. Operating under the assumption it's Mayo next year. As the head coach, he would like your thoughts on the following, Greg. Bill O'Brien, is he viable to bring back? Maybe let him pick his own staff. Uh, okay, we'll start with that one. Um, yes. You know, look, has it gone well this year? No. But I think that Bill O'Brien has a track record, and maybe it's not as good as some people like, but I, I think that he has a track record of being a successful offensive coordinator with different types of. Uh, of quarterbacks. And I think it would uh, behoove the Patriots and Gerard Mayo and the, and the crafts to say, Billy, do whatever you want with the coaching staff. And that makes things a lot better on the, on the coordinator. It makes things a lot easier and it allows you, you have to, they have to get back. This franchise has to get back to drafting better and developing players. And I know the practice rules have changed and things like that, but everybody's working under the same, under the same rules. And I just think that player development in this this franchise has fallen off almost as much as their drafting ability. Brian Flores back as defensive coordinator slash assistant head coach. It's interesting. I mean, I, I just don't I don't see why the Vikings would get rid of him. I'm sure he's under contract um, for at least another couple years. Um, you know, Kevin O'Connell's a guy that seems from afar, it seems like he just lets Flores do whatever he wants, which yeah. blitz the crap out of people. And I think that defense has played really well. I, th- I really like O'Connell as a head coach. And I'm sure Flores thinks that's a good spot for him. It's been a good showcase spot for him until perhaps he gets his next opportunity to be a head coach. So I don't see that happening. I would say, you know, with Gerard Mayo as head coach, I assume that Steve Belichick and Brian Belichick are going to go with Bill wherever he goes. Um, There's an outside chance that doesn't happen. I know Gerard and Steve have a very close working relationship. They're very close. You know, perhaps Steve stays because of that. We'll see if Gerard wants Steve to stay. But I will say on staff, Demarcus uh, Covington, the defensive line coach, I think has done an excellent job this year with his group. I think it's been one of the best groups on the line has been for a few years. So just in terms of that, I think he's, he, he's demonstrated that he's an excellent coach. Maybe he's ready for the next, uh, next sort of give a uh, gig, uh, a promotion to defensive coordinator. That's possible. I would also keep an eye out on what happens with the Raiders 
Of course, we know there's a lot of Patriots player uh, people out there yeah. as remnants of the McDaniels regime. Patrick Graham is a guy that I think Mayo played for when he was here, who's the defensive coordinator of the Raiders. If he gets let go, I could see that. I could see him coming back here as uh, Mayo's defensive coordinator. Personnel, anyone currently here salvageable? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I have a lot of respect for um, Elliot Wolf um, and uh, Patrick Stewart, who just came back this year from the Panthers. He had risen to vice president of personnel with the Panthers, was here uh, before. I think he has a lot of respect around the league. Um, you know, who, if it's Mayo, the Crafts have to sit down and say, all right, who do you want to run personnel? Um, I wouldn't be opposed to Dave Ziegler coming back here. Um you know, there's a there's a story out from Hondo Carpenter, um, who covers the Raiders. It was a very very pro Ziegler yeah. <laughs> story, this but a very good. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it was. If you're reading it, boy oh boy, whoever was talking to Hondo was uh, was very excited to dump the dirt on Josh McDaniels. That's for sure. Well, and that and basically say that. You know, if it were up to Dave Ziegler, the Raiders would have been like Super Bowl champions. Like everything, every misstep <laughs> was McDaniel's fault. And the alternative was awesome and was Ziegler's yeah. uh, idea. I mean, look, it might be right. I don't know. There's, I know there's some truths in that from stuff I know about the Raiders. But I do think that Dave Ziegler, uh, I think he's really good. And, um, you know, whatever happened in Vegas happened in Vegas. But I, I do think that Ziegler is very good. I know he's not afraid to voice his own opinion. He wasn't afraid to challenge Bill when he was here. I think Mayo needs that type of guy, and I think he'll get he'll seek that type of guy. But, um, you know, I, uh, from what I've heard, I'm not a big fan of Mac Rowe. I just don't think he was ready for that job um, to go from college personnel to running the whole personnel department. Um, and they have good guys there. Uh you know, as well, Steve Cargill. Um, uh, and there's another guy that I can picture, but I just can't think of his name right now. But he's uh, he, he's also um, very good. But I would start with vet Elliot Wolf and Patrick Stewart. And I would talk to Ziegler again because I think he's really good. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we just have time for a couple more before we get to our pick for this weekend. Uh, this is from Casey Johnson. Nine was surprising your roundup article with the league execs that all five believed Mayo will still be the coach. Can you think of any other recent examples of a team moving on from a coach after a very poor season and then promoting one of the coordinators to take his place? Nothing comes to mind to me, Nick. I don't know if something comes to mind for you, but I think this is a unique situation i mean you know this is a legendary um coach i'm trying to think of you know when shula left they brought in jimmy johnson when chuck knoll left they brought well bill cower i assume was on staff there um so i think that would be one i'm trying to think tom, uh, tom landry was also jimmy johnson man jimmy johnson pulled out pushed out a lot of a lot of <laughs> legends um 
the Grim Reaper for uh, for legends. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, you know, Bill Walsh retired. Seifert took over. Of course, he was successful. So I guess that wouldn't. Um, but I guess Bill Cower would be the greatest, the best example. And that took them a while to get that turned around. Um, and they stuck with it. Um, but I just think this is a unique situation. And it's not really about, well, Mayo's just, if the crafts are keeping Mayo just to keep the status quo, that's obviously a mistake. I don't think, I think they, we've talked about this before. I think they view Mayo as maybe he has the best traits of Bill Belichick that allowed this franchise to be successful, but he has a lot more upside in terms of personality, leadership, decision-making ability, maybe, you know, his mind for the current modern NFL game um, being maybe perhaps ahead of its time, certainly ahead of Bill. And they look at that, that he can, he can bring the Patriots up because of his upside. Yeah. I've said this on the Nick Cattle show podcast that I do, People want the young offensive mind, and I get it. Like, we've seen it across the league. That's the trend. There are some names like Bobby Slowick out there down in Houston. Uh, ben Johnson, of course, keeps being talked about in Detroit. It's fascinating to me, Greg, and I just wanted to bounce this off of you for a minute because looking at this roster, defensively, I wouldn't say that they're completely settled, but they're mostly settled. Christian Gonzalez comes back, Jonathan Jones. The defense on on paper – it, you could you could say they're going to be reasonably good next year if they just bring back most of the components, right? Now, obviously, Duggar will see and Uche will see. Offensively, like if you hire a young offensive mind, let's let's say Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson's mm-hmm. done great things in Detroit, but he's a first time head coach. You bring that guy in, he's replacing the legendary Bill Belichick. He has to overhaul the offensive roster for the most point. He has to overhaul the scheme. He has to pick an offensive coordinator that's ready for that job. Is he going to call the plays as a first-time head coach? Will he be calling the offensive plays? And, and then you look at the market and the media. I, I think we, we fall into this trap, Greg, of talking about, oh, that name and this name and that name. But you, when you pull away from it and you look at the actual responsibility that that guy is going to be taking over, that is a lot to ask for somebody to replace the legend, overhaul the offensive roster, overhaul the scheme, deal with the media, deal with the market, deal with all of that while you're still on the job training. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with you uh, on that. And, and I would just add that if I'm Gerard Mayo and I'm in charge um, and I get with the personnel guy, you know, basically they need to go to Billy O'Brien. Because, like you said, the defense will be good enough, um, certainly. And they just go to Billy O'Brien and say, who do you want a quarterback and what do we need to do to support that quarterback? Something that they never did for Mac Jones. Like the first, after his freshman year, freshman year, after his rookie year, (laughs) they should have gone to, well, first of all, they should have hired a real offensive coordinator. But in any event, they should have been like, okay, well, Max, our guy, what do we need to do to make him the best? What do we need to do to support him? You know, protect him, beef up the offensive line, get him a freaking third down back, get him a Julian Edel, get him a real slot receiver. Let's re-up Jacoby Myers, that sort of thing. Just go to Billy O'Brien and say, all right, who's our quarterback? If we get them, what do we need around him? What are the pieces? What do you need for a coaching staff? Go execute. 
yeah and and get this get the get this crap show on the road all right, let's get to the uh, pick in a minute. Episode brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. New customers receive $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. All right, Greg, we look at this game. Chargers minus five and a half. The over-under is 40 and a half. Your brief thoughts on what we might see on Sunday and your pick. Yeah, so, um, you know, Keenan Allen being out of practice all week um, is huge in this game. I mean, yeah. you look at the... You look at the Chargers the way they're no Mike Williams. Um, you know, you really look at their and, and I first of all, let me just state this. I love Justin Herbert. Freaking love him. I was totally wrong on him coming out of college. I judged him in that Oregon scheme too much when really it was the scheme that was holding him back. Um, we've seen that a lot in recent years, and I think a lot of us are changing how we evaluate quarterbacks. But certainly since he's been in the league, I love him. I think he's the closest thing to uh, Dan Marino, certainly a different quarterback, but just in terms of that type of talent. And I think that uh, a lot of people put the Chargers failings on him because, of course, they they always they always put it on the quarterback. Um, I just I just disagree. I think that he has he has a horrible offensive line outside of Slater at left tackle, who's really good. The offensive line is freaking horrible. He has barely any running game. Without Keenan Allen, without Mike Williams, they basically have nobody. I think Parham is their their tight end. He's decent, but they really don't have anybody. It's like it's Keenan Allen. Check it down to Eckler, who's really good, and that's about it. Their defense is horrible, even though they have a defensive head coach. Um, they can't stop the run. They get thrown on, um, you know. So, and the Chargers are coming east to play a one o'clock game, and it's Brandon Staley who we all know is a terrible head coach. Um, I like the Patriots in this spot. I think that, you know, when we talk about the Bailey Zappi stuff, I think something going for Bailey Zappi and why, let me just say this at this point right now, Bailey Zappi is better than Mac Jones. Okay. I mean, that's just a fact because Mac Jones is just, he's broken. So I expect better quarterback play. I don't expect it to be great, but I think it'll be pretty good. And I don't like the Chargers coming out east. I don't think that they're very good. I like the Patriots in this spot. I don't know if I'm going to pick them outright in this game. And who really knows at this point? I mean, when we're picking these games with the Patriots, we're, all these games are about what the Patriots are going to do, how they're going to execute. We have no idea how they're going to execute. Um, it's not about the opponent. It's not about X's and O's. It's about, like, can the Patriots block? Can they not have turnovers? <laughs> can they not have penalties? It's not about like, oh, well, this team does this and they can exploit. It's not about that. You know, can they can they walk before they run? I, that's where they are. So um, it's it's five and a half. I like the Patriots to cover. And I'm going to say I think it's going to be a little bit hor- a high scoring. So I like the I'm taking the Patriots in this game. I don't know if I'm taking them outright and I'm going with the over in this game. I'm going to stick to my edict. I said it. Until the Patriots win on the football field, I'm picking against them. It's working out for me so far. I'm going Chargers minus five and a half, over under 40 and a half. I'm going under just because I have no earthly idea what to expect from the Patriots offense this weekend. I don't know if they're going to let Bailey Zappi throw the football more than five yards down the field. I don't know if Bill O'Brien's going to do this thing that he's done in two straight games where for some reason against bad run defenses, he waits until the second half to start running the football down their throat. I would hope that he runs the football 50 times this weekend. We'll see if he does, but uh, they need to prove it to me. So I'm going Chargers minus five and a half, and I'll go under the 40 and a half. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Everybody enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Have some fun. We'll be back early next week to recap everything that's happening in uh, Patriots world.